The Victim Squad press conference. Mr. Reagan. These women are racists. I do not think that the 2020 candidate can afford to not have an intersectional message Mm -hmm. that weaves the story of race and class. Racism, colonialism, these are issues that are part of a a hyper-capitalist framework. We don't need any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. We don't need black faces that don't want to be a black voice. We don't need Muslims that don't want to be a Muslim voice. We don't need queers that don't want to be a queer voice. Because we need you to represent that voice. She said, quote, Israel has hypnotized the world. She issued a pair of tweets over the weekend suggesting that APAC, the pro-Israel lobbying group, has bought the support of her colleagues. She's one of just a couple of members of Congress who support a movement known as BDS, which calls for a boycott of Israel until property can be returned to Palestinians. When I think of the Holocaust and the fact that it was my ancestors, Palestinians, who lost their land and some lost their lives, their livelihood, the human dignity, um, their existence in many ways have been wiped out and some people's passport. I mean, just all of it was in the name of trying to create a safe haven for Jews. All right, so you all know what Trump tweeted, but let's go ahead and put it up here for you anyway. Basically, if you hate this country, you should leave. Okay, now let's quickly go through this point by point. One, yeah, they need to leave the country. Anyone who hates America needs to leave. Go find somewhere that you like better. There's no reason for you to be here. And I know what the response will be. We don't hate America. We just think there are problems that need to be fixed and we can make it better. Okay, look, I'm not going to go through the archives and play all the hateful things that you guys have said about America, but you freaking hate America. Every time the professor said Al-Qaeda, he sort of like his shoulders went up and, you know. Yeah, he's in command here. Al-Qaeda, you know, hospital. He's an expert. <laughs> you know, but 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 it is it is that you don't say America with an yeah. intensity. You yeah. don't say England with yeah. an intensity. You yeah. know. I think it's important that we don't ignore the power of identity because it is very powerful. Women's rage is a very potent political force. Their blood is ascending in in lead levels. Their brains are damaged for the rest of their lives. This is serious. This should not be a partisan issue. The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border. And that is exactly what they are. They are concentration camps. Yes or no, would you support an armed faction within Venezuela that engages in war crimes, crimes against humanity or genocide, if you believe they were serving U.S. interest as you did in Guatemala, El Salvador, and Nicaragua? I am not going to respond to that question. I'm sorry. I don't think this entire line of questioning is meant to be real questions, and so I will not reply. Whether you, under your watch, a genocide will take place and you will look the other way because American interests were being upheld is a fair question. The women and children on that border that are trying to seek refuge and seek opportunity with nothing but the shirt on their backs are acting more American than any person who seeks to keep them out ever will be. At least I'm not trying to cage children in the border and inject them with drugs. 
That's not a mistake. That is a deliberate policy to attack people based on their national origin. That's not a mistake. That's just hatred. That's just cruelty. That's just wrong. Where we are is not a good thing. And this idea of like 10% better from garbage <laughs> is shouldn't be what we settle for. We're gonna go in there, we're gonna impeach the mother there is no immigration laws. Some people did something. The grounding of the Tea Party was xenophobia, the underpinnings of white supremacy. Um, it amazes me how many fake problems that the left tends to find in the best country in the world. In the eyes of the squad, the entire right wing is an oppressive regime of evil white men who are oppressing every woman and minority. It's the strangest vision of the country ever, especially considering that they're all US congressmen. You're doing well. All right, I've got to jump in here because I almost forgot to mention the most important part of the video. You gotta get a VPN, guys. It is the year 2019. If you're not using a VPN by now on your, your desktop, your tablet, or your smartphone, while you're browsing the internet, then you're really exposing yourself to a lot of potential danger. You, at some point, will have heard of a VPN, but what is a VPN? A VPN, or virtual private network, allows you to create a secure connection to another network over the internet. VPNs can be used to access region-restricted websites. If you wanna see something in England, they only allow you to look at it in the UK, well, you can now access the internet from the UK virtually through a VPN. You can also shield your browsing activity from prying eyes on public Wi-Fi if you're in a cafe or something. Here, let me show you how easy this is. Go to www.virtualshield.com, download the free 30-day trial, install it, and click connect. Once I'm connected, my IP address completely changes. In other words, if you don't want websites, the government, advertisers, or just your annoying roommates to know what websites you visit and what location you're visiting them from, invest in a VPN. I personally use Virtual Shield because it's the easiest, fastest, and most secure VPN on the market. They don't store logs on their servers, and I trust them. Trust me, you will be pleased with this service, and you really shouldn't be surfing the internet without a VPN. It's kind of like driving without a seatbelt. This month, Virtual Shield is offering a 4th of July celebration special. 20% off all VPN plans and all premium add-ons, including Protection Plus, residential access, monthly maintenance, phone support, and VIP performance plans for as low as $3 per month. Sign up for a free 30-day trial to Virtual Shield VPN and see what the hype is about. You have nothing to lose. Go to virtualshield.com slash Mr. Reagan or click the link in the description below. All right, now back to the video. All right, point number two. No, Trump's tweet was not racist. Go home could be said about a Frenchman who hates America or a Dutchman. It could be it could have been said about any white European. The relevant qualification for the leave suggestion is a lack of gratitude. Race is totally irrelevant. The sentiment if you don't like it, move. This has been stated in one iteration or another forever. If you don't like what America is, you leave. They don't like America. I hate America. Dude, turn around and go back. Hey, all you un-American If you don't like America, why don't you get out? If you don't like it, honey, well, you better now, it just so happens that the squad is made up entirely of ethnic minorities, and so they're casting Trump's comments as racial. 
but it wasn't racial. It's not Trump's fault that the squad is all minority women. If anything, you're all racist against white people because, hello, there are no white people in your squad. Racists? All right, point number three. The fact that three out of four of you were born in the U.S. is irrelevant. You all, except for Ayanna Presley, seem to have a stronger loyalty to the country of your ancestry than to the U.S. AOC seems mildly obsessed with the idea of brown people and the people of Puerto Rico. Mother from Puerto Rico. Ilhan Omar is obviously loyal to Islam and her Somali community. Far too long we have lived with the discomfort of being a second-class citizen. And frankly, I'm tired of it. And every single Muslim in this country should be tired of it. We finally have a leader in the White House who fuels hate against Muslims. And Rashida Tlaib is perhaps the most loyal of all the squad to her parents' homeland of Palestine. I've heard her talk about Palestine in interviews more often than I think I've ever heard anyone talk about their parents' home country ever. Palestinians. My grandmother, my aunts, my uncles in Palestine. I want Palestinian people also to find some sort of, you know, light. The justice work that I'm very passionate about is rooted in my Palestinian ancestry. I know the media likes to play the gotcha game with the president, but if we're being really honest, none of these women, except perhaps Ayanna Presley, seem to be at all loyal to the United States of America. He tweeted it because he believes it. He really does appreciate patriotism and he finds the lack of patriotism and gratitude amongst the women of the squad detestable as well he should and they should leave the country if they hate it so much and the reason trump said you're welcome to come back is because he was basically trying to say those other countries that you think are so great you know you'll come crawling back to the u.s because the u.s is awesome and the country of your ancestors that you love so much not as great and that's what trump believes trump takes pride in his country and so should the squad They could all learn something from his strong patriotism. All right, so then after all of this nonsense, the House of Representatives got together and officially condemned Trump's tweets as racist. A grander gesture signaling one's virtue I've not seen since the Kavanaugh hearings. House Democrats voted last night to condemn President Trump's racist tweets, the first congressional condemnation of a president in more than a century. The squad then went on CBS to talk to Gail King about Trump's tweets and comments about them. Congresswoman, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, quoting the president yesterday, you all are people who hate our country with a passion. You hate Jewish people and you love enemies like Al-Qaeda. All right, I think we've shown enough footage here that it's clear that this is all true, but let's hear what these ladies have to say. It really kind of takes me back to what I learned about in grade school, about, I think about Ruby Bridges, and I think about this time when people who advocated for the most vulnerable were called anti-American. What is she talking about? Notice that her response completely ignores Gail King's question. Gail King asks the women to respond to three specific accusations that Trump made against them. One, they hate the USA. Two, they hate Jewish people. And three, that they love Al-Qaeda. The answer AOC should have given, the answer that all of the victim squad girls should give, is I love America. I love the Jewish people. I abhor Al-Qaeda. But they don't say that. None of them say anything remotely like that. AOC starts out with, Trump is just 
mean to us because we're good people. What are you even talking about, you lunatic? This is the most juvenile answer I've ever heard. Why do you think Trump made these accusations? Because we're good people and he's an evil meanie who hates good people. How is she not humiliated every time she does an interview? In her response, AOC references Ruby Bridges. I think about Ruby Bridges. For those of you who do not know who Ruby Bridges is, and that included me until a moment ago, she's the little girl in this picture. Now that is a beautiful painting. It exquisitely captures the vulnerability of this little girl and encapsulates a huge political and moral struggle in this country in 1964. You see, the left still wants it to be 1964. They all want to be civil rights heroes, but we've already overcome these obstacles 50 some years ago. Now, I have no idea how AOC thinks this is relevant to the Trump tweet. My guess is that Sycott or Exley or Corbin Trent or Rojas or one of the other handlers prepped her for this interview. They pointed to Ruby Bridges as an example that AOC could use in some way, but AOC, as is typical, didn't quite understand the reference, and so she just dropped the name Ruby Bridges randomly into one of her answers. Ruby Bridges. An answer which made no sense whatsoever. What she's basically saying is that she and the rest of the squad are great defenders of the most vulnerable in America, and Trump is attacking them specifically for this. This is, of course, ridiculous. Trump is not attacking them for defending vulnerable people. Trump is attacking them for being hateful bigots, which they are. But again, remember, AOC doesn't answer the question. She does not defend herself against these accusations because deep in her heart, she knows the accusations are true. By the way, pay attention to their demeanor throughout the interview. They, <laughs> they're expressing this deep solemnity as if they've been traumatically abused or something. Keep in mind, these are tweets and comments that Trump made to the press. These women were not like berated in person by Trump. He simply said that if you hate this country, if you're not happy here, you should leave. Fix whatever countries you prefer and then come back and show us how it's done. These women are obviously not hurt. Unless they're the most sensitive, weakest people on the planet, they're doing just fine. So this is clearly an act. Ironically, they're constantly falsely accusing Trump of awful things. They're constantly calling for his impeachment. Rashida Tlaib famously said, we're going to impeach the mother effer. We're going to impeach the mother these are not wilting flowers who are afraid of a little harsh language, but they're acting like six-year-olds who mommy yelled at for the first time. America has always been about the triumph of people who fight for everyone versus those who want to preserve rights for just a select few. So what she's doing here is actually pretty clever. This was, no doubt in my mind, a strategy that she was given by her handlers. So she's not even addressing these tweets. She's basically just accusing Trump of being racist and casting herself as if she's fighting for the rights of all Americans. And, you know, I think she really believes this. She is 100% convinced that ethnic minorities, immigrants, gays, uh, and women are oppressed and that the powerful, evil white men are oppressing them. So in her mind, if she's fighting for the advancement of these groups against the evil white man, she's fighting for all Americans. But in casting the white man as the evil oppressor, she's actually not fighting for all Americans. She's fighting against a specific racial and gender group. She's practicing straight up bigotry and she's characterizing it as egalitarianism. Trump does not specifically fight for these groups because he does not consider them oppressed. 
He fights for everyone equally, believing, as I do, that every American is given equal opportunity by law to achieve the American dream. But to AOC and the squad, this is secretly a protection of white rule in America. We have lived with the discomfort of being a second-class citizen. They believe that white men are more powerful than other groups, and because of this, Trump's failure to fight for these other groups is an attempt to preserve that power. Because of this misperception of Trump's intention, they then logically misinterpret his motivation. His motivation, they believe, is pure racism. And that's how the delusional mind of AOC and the squad works, illustrated here in this response. Those who want to preserve rights for just a select few. Now, let's listen to Ilhan Omar's response. I also want to remind people, right, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to think back to what America was and the kind of progresses we've made. But as we think about this person making this speech mm -hmm. in the White House garden, you have to remind yourself that this is a man who spent $85,000 um, and basically called for the lynching of the exonerated five of mm -hmm. Central Park, five young black men. So her response to completely ignores the question. Let me reiterate, she has been accused of three things. You hate America, you hate Jewish people, and you love Al-Qaeda. And how does Ilhan Omar respond to this? She says that Trump called for the death penalty for black murderers, so he's a racist. What? What does this have to do with the accusations that he's making against you? And also, I would like to say that yes, Trump called for the death penalty for black murderers, but he's also called for the death penalty of Robert Gregory Bowers, the synagogue shooter. Does this guy look black to you? He looks pretty white to me, but you know, Trump's still a racist because you can't ever say any black person is ever bad, ever. Even if they're convicted of brutally raping and beating a person almost to death, now you can't say anything bad about them. You can't criticize them at all. Now, at the time that Trump called for the death penalty of the Central Park Five, they had been convicted of this brutal crime. They have recently been exonerated, but Trump doesn't buy that. He still thinks that they're guilty. And this is the main reason that he's now being called a racist. But the guy who's now presumed to have raped and attempted to murder the woman in this case is this guy, Matthias Reyes. Matthias Reyes is a Puerto Rican, and from the looks of him, he's a black Puerto Rican. So it's not like Trump is defending a white guy. So if Trump's a racist, and that's the reason that he's incensed by the Central Park Five, and that's the reason that he does not accept their exoneration, he's making things very difficult for himself, and rather pointlessly. Because if Trump was a real racist, he'd just say, okay, so it wasn't these black and brown people, it's that brown slash black person. I mean, who cares? It's still a murderous black slash brown person. But he doesn't say that. No, he's skeptical of the exoneration because Trump cares about something called justice. Trump does not care what the color of the skin is of the murderer. Trump believes that those who commit the most detestable of crimes should be put to death. Black, white, brown, green, whatever. And I agree. This is a man who questioned the Americanness of our previous president who started the birther controversy. No, Trump did not start the birther movement. He just believed Obama was not born in the U.S. and therefore ineligible for the presidency. And a lot of people like to put that down to race, which is, again, following the logic of the left, which is that if you criticize a black person in any way whatsoever, you are a racist. Let me just make this clear. Criticizing a black person does not make you a racist. But note the pattern amongst these women. 
This is the primary evidence used to prove that Trump's a racist. He's criticized people of color. Trump has criticized people of color. Oh my gosh. Look, Trump criticizes people of every race constantly, but that's irrelevant, apparently. The only thing that is relevant, apparently, is that some of the people that Trump criticizes are not white, and therefore Trump must be a racist. It is the stupidest thinking I've ever heard, but for some reason, some people buy this. This is a man who has deep-seated animosity and hatred, um, who feels so small, who works so hard to make others uh, feel beneath him. Now, of course, Ilhan demonstrates her acute mind-reading skills. It's fascinating how she knows Trump's thoughts so well. Basically, it doesn't matter what Trump says because Ilhan Omar is able to prove through her telepathy that Trump is lying 100% of the time and that every motivation he has is racist and that every intention he has is white nationalism or patriarchy or some other bigoted thing. I think it is even ludicrous for us to have the space to dignify what he says with an answer. <laughs> this is actually hilarious. She she admits here, she admits that she's not answering the question. But what's really bizarre about this statement is that they had a press conference. They had a press conference just to respond to Trump's tweets. The squad calls the media together to formally respond to Trump. They agree to an interview on CBS with Gail King to respond to Trump's tweets. And then she says, well, we're not going to respond to that. What are you talking about, Ilhan Omar? This entire interview is predicated on the idea that you're responding to Trump. You can't respond and then say, I'm not going to respond. The real problem here, as I stated before, is that these women really do hate America. They hate Jewish people. And Ilhan Omar is on camera speaking sympathetically about Al-Qaeda. So Trump is right. That's the big problem for them. That's why they're evading the question. Trump is right. We can talk about and spin out on hate, about hateful words, which are a predictable prompt by the occupant of this White House, and I call him that, not because I don't have respect for the Oval Office. But it's not, not like because you don't I have respect for the Oval Office. When you no, call no, the I, President of the United States the occupant. No, because he is only occupying the space. He does not embody the principles, the responsibility, the grace, the integrity of a true president. And so for that reason, I'm not dishonoring the office. He does every day. Okay, this is just turning into a mere hate fest. These women hate Trump, and they're responding to his accusations that they're hateful by being hateful. Smart move, ladies. Not once have they said, I love America, or anything remotely like that. They've literally responded to Trump with one sentiment over the course of this entire interview. Orange man bad. I'm trying to represent my district. It was a very diverse district, 20 different ethnicities. And I'm trying to fight on their behalf, trying to make sure that they have a voice here. At the same time, I'm dealing with the biggest bully I've ever had to deal with in my lifetime uh, and trying to push back on that and trying to do the job that we all have been sent here mm -hmm. to do, which is centered around the people at home. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a distraction. And this is the problem with these women. Everything about their perspective and their policy revolves around identity politics. Everything they talk about, propose, vote on, it's all through the filter of an identitarian lens. They are completely blind to the possibility that somebody might govern without regard for identity. So in their minds, if you're not fighting for the identities that I'm fighting for, well then you're fighting for the identities that I'm fighting against. 
If you're not for black people, Latinos, women, gays, trans, immigrants, etc., if you're not against white men and Christians, then you must be fighting for whites, men, and Christians. And you must be fighting against black people and women and gays, etc. They have no conception of the possibility that Trump is just fighting for Americans and that all that other stuff is, to him, irrelevant. They don't understand that because they can't imagine it. They're so filled with hatred themselves that they can't even imagine somebody who might not be filled with that same hatred. They're projecting their own psychological profile onto others. And that's the entire problem with their perspective of Trump and of conservatives. I'm not going to go through the rest of this interview because it's extremely redundant and it pretty much went like this. We're good, Trump's bad. There, I just saved you 33 minutes. (laughs) Well, that's it for me. Broadcasting from the greatest country in the world, this has been Mr. Reagan. I'm the boss. How about that? How about that? How about that? How about that? (laughs) Good night. This is the issue of this election. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves.